silently as I read aloud. In Luke chapter 2, let's take a look at the uh, Christmas story as presented to us by the Lord. In Luke chapter 2 from verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful account of what took place some nearly 2,000 years ago or a little bit over that. Lord, I, I just thank you for what is, what is uh, revealed to us in this encounter and this heavenly proclamation that took place there that means so much to us today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see how this applies to me this day, 2018. Lord, I pray that you just bless. I pray that you'd make this uh, event to live in the lives of each one of us that are here today. Lord, thank you so much for the celebration, the celebration of this goodwill toward men, this peace from God that is extended to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see some wonderful things today out of your word. I pray that you just speak to each one of us that's here this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas time and I love the season. I love everything about it. I love, I don't like the materialism and I don't like the, you know, the push of the marketing and everything else, and it would, it would seem as though that's all that Christmas is to uh, uh, those that want to turn a profit this uh, season. But I, I love the celebration. I love the, I love the lights. I love the Christmas lights. 
I call them Italian lights because I'm Italian. <laughs> I love the, I love the, the different, you know, it's, uh, the houses some around here are just, man, they really deck out with the lights at night and it's just beautiful. And there were some different kinds of light displays in different places that you can go to and some are even coordinated with music. That is just so cool. I, I love that. I, I love uh, the, the memories of Christmas. And I haven't, you know, going over this for some time, but uh, for those of you, because I think it's really, you know, nobody's concerned. Nobody's really, nobody wants to know about my Christmas, but, and I, I tell folks about what happened when I was a kid and the things that impressed me so much. And for those of you, this is now 33 years into existence of Wooden Valley Baptist Church. You, you know all about when I was a kid, that silver Christmas tree that I used to <laughs> sit and stare Hours upon hours about this little silver, you know, look like some kind of an antenna from a spaceship or something. It was <laughs> silver Christmas tree, and they had this this light that was was shining on it that had this four uh, color wheel that it would go around, and it'd be blue, you know, and that would be green, and that would be red, and it would be yellow. And then it would be blue, and then it would be green, and then it would be red, and then it would be yellow. And then it would be blue, and then it would be green. And we, I used to look at, we used to just, you know, me and my, my siblings, we sit there and just say, what's your favorite, my favorite, is this, my favorite, you know, and just kind of look at the thing, and it just, <laughs> whatever. But uh, it was wonderful. I love, I loved, the, my mom, when she fixed up the Christmas tree, she would take, um, candies and chocolates and and throw them underneath the Christmas tree that we couldn't touch <laughs> until a certain time, you know what I mean? And I'm, I was doing that the other day, you know, just because you, you do things just because of tradition, you know what I mean? And uh, now I have grandkids, 15 of them, one more coming on the way. And so we're getting ready for Christmas and I'm putting up the tree and I take these things and I, I throw these chocolates underneath the tree and my wife says, you better not do that. <laughs> It'll be disastrous once the, the, the munchkins come. And uh, I go, yeah, I guess you're right. I, but I remember that. I remember the, the, the time where we would... I remember as a kid, you know, everybody has different memories of Christmas. And uh, in, at Christmas time, there's certain... It's a certain time of the year that you get certain foods that you never have any other time of the year. Have experiences that you don't... Sometimes there's family that you don't see until Christmas time and you get together. Chestnuts roasting over an open fire is the worst crop that ever anybody had <laughs> placed upon anybody because I don't know if you like roasted chestnuts, but it's all hype. It's all hype. <laughs> I don't know, I don't understand about that one, but <laughs> I love the family gatherings and, and the foods. Oh, man, my mom and dad, my dad also was just tremendous cooks. And, and they would, for, for us, Christmas time, it was lasagna. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't know what you're missing if you weren't at a Farinella family lasagna Christmas. It was just... Uh, unbelievable, and, and the games. My dad would would make these games. I mean, just out of nothing, and and we would we would play these games, and he would have such a a great time. He had this one game where he he took a paper bag, 
and he took newspaper, regular newspaper that he tore up in small pieces, and he crumbled them up in little balls, and he throw them into this paper bag, and then he take dollar bills and crumble them up and throw them in, and a $5 bill or a $10 bill he throw in there, you know, and I think one time there was a 20 and, uh, and then he'd have this, all the family would get around together, and he'd say, okay, I've got something in here for you, and everybody gets to get one of them, and so he'd, he'd hold it out, and you'd get to put your hand in there, but you got to do it really quickly, and if you took two of them, whatever you got, you can't, the only one, you know, you can only take one, and so you, you came up with, right, a newspaper, you know. Oh, man, you know, and so, hey, it's a dollar bill. And then we, whoa, what's in there, you know? And we used to have, I mean, he used to have so much fun with that thing. And we had, <laughs> we had and uh, my dad was uh, uh, amazing at, at just selling things. I mean, he would just sell it to where we just think it would be the greatest thing in the whole world and get together. And the, the, the goodness that we enjoy during Christmas time, it was just such a, such a desirable time of the year. And that goodness that we all have in this season is so influenced by the divine offer of what we read about what God's goodwill toward men was. And we're going we're gonna to look at that in just a little bit. The Christmas message of displayed love and forgiveness and acceptance. And you know, as a child, you kind of remember things, and they're larger than life. I remember... 1967, or it might have been 1966, there was a blizzard there in the city of Chicago, and I lived in the city, and I mean, it was, it was, the, the snow would be, it would, uh, uh, feet of snow piled up that Christmas. I remember we lived in a bungalow, and so there was kind of like a, a basement, and then a, a, the upper floor, and the snow had, had drifted so so much that it, we couldn't get out of our house because on the second floor it was it was the snow had had covered the door. That's how that's how much snow there was that year. I remember days and days after that of having a great time just tunneling through, you know, and and uh, and it was kind of dangerous because we tunnel into streets, you know, and then the street the street uh, uh, trucks would come by and well we lost two kids that that day and so. <laughs> <laughs> My parents would be really, <laughs> make sure you keep the tunnels in the yard, you know. <clears throat> I remember that, that one Christmas, and, and the reason why I can remember it is because it was so, it was so um, uh, indelibly placed upon my mind um, the year or two before that I had lost my uh, eldest brother. He was uh, 19. Um, and uh, the, the grief that my family had gone through. And I, I was about six years old when, when he passed. And, and so I, I, I don't think I really understood what death was outside of the, the gnawing pain of missing somebody and not wondering why in the world did Pat not come home. And, but, but my parents that have, were devastated, I mean totally devastated, it... it, it it made such an impression upon others and, and uh, my loved ones that it was a, a big deal. But that year that it, it started snowing 
and it snowed and it snowed and it snowed and it snowed and we're just looking forward to Christmas and having time together and it was the last day that my dad was working in this factory in the city of Chicago and he was supposed to come home and but the, the streets were um, uh, overrun with snow and they couldn't even get the, the trucks that, that year to uh, plow. And I remember my mom just really worried. I mean, really worried. He's suppo- Carmi's supposed to be home at this time and he didn't come home and it didn't come home. This is the time before cell phones, folks. And she's just worried to death. And hours seemed like months or weeks I remember and I don't know that I understood the 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 the, the entire amount of uh, anxiety that was upon my mom but uh, I could recognize her brow and I knew a little bit about what grief meant then and with my dad not coming home and and just you know waiting at the at the front window for my dad to come and he didn't come and he didn't come and he didn't come and and starting to really, uh, all of a sudden, that Christmas just seemed to be closing in and crashing in upon losing everything. And then he finally came. I remember him pulling in, and it was just like, Christmas is back. We had a great Christmas that year. <clears throat> the the uh, When... My dad finally arrived that year. My fears were dispelled and returned to the wonderful experience that Christmas meant to me, the feeling that made me want to have those feelings to go on forever. But of course, nothing goes on forever here, does it? Whatever good experiences that you've ever, you've ever had and experienced, it doesn't last. It's not, it's not a forever thing, not here. I sure wanted those feelings to go on forever. But that could never be. Or could it? You see, the thing thing it is, uh, the reality of the God that we serve has made it to present an everlasting kingdom. See, Christmas can bring a tidal wave of emotions connected to memories and some good and some bitter. I've even spoken to some this year, just this morning, this last week, who have experienced some very tough things at, at a, a Christmas time where it's, it's, a different, it's a different experience when Christmas comes around. Some loss and some pain and some sorrow. How about looking at the real meaning of Christmas that we find in the divine account of God's word. Let's see what God says about Christmas, about this Christmas that we celebrate, that we look back to. Now, last week, we looked at the preparation to the Savior's arrival. <clears throat> His birth was announced by the forerunner, by the MC, John the Baptist. He was the one that would make the path straight and, and be... Uh, proclaiming a a highway for his God to come. In this short, concise account of the angelic interaction with men that we just read this morning, we discover some wonderful truths about Christmas and about Christmas time. Let's take a look at the the key that I'd like to get back to in Luke chapter 2, verse number 10. 
Let's, let's read a few verses and then we'll stop and we'll take a look at this angelic proclamation. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Talk about a contrast. Talk about a, 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 a dark, peaceful, clear, cool Judean night. The only thing that was, that was seen were the stars. And then to have this take place. And the first thing that the angel said to these shepherds were, was, fear not, fear not. Well, he had to say that to these shepherds when you look at the, the, the contrast of the darkness to God's glory that shone about them. See, the shepherds were in a calm, dark meadow when everything broke loose. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. When you're in darkness, to light. Now, I know that this prophecy was referring to the clarity of truth that Jesus preached here on earth, but it also physically applied to the scene at the birth of Christ that night. They're in darkness. Can you, can you imagine the scene that night? Here are these shepherds, and there's nothing going on. Everything's peaceful, and it's dark. And all of a sudden... Verse number 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And so therefore the angel said, Fear not. The Bible says it wasn't just light, it was the glory of God. God's glory in his light shone round about them. You see, God's presence in his glory was awesome. Powerful, And we can just try to imagine what it looked like that night. Probably more than any light show that man has ever uh, displayed or more than the northern lights or more than the, the strength of the sun. When, when Moses asked to see God in his glory, God had to protect him from the full glory of God because he couldn't take it. The Bible says in Exodus 33 verse 20, he said, thou canst not see my face, God says. For there shall no man see me and live. I mean, that's how strong, that's how intense the glory of God is in, in presenting that to a, a mere man, a, a finite being. So God protected Moses. And he says, no, this can't be. And you remember the situation. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll show you the hinder parts, the, the back parts of God by putting you in the cleft of the rock. And you know that whole story? He was allowed to, 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 to see a shielded form of the glory of God, God's hinder parts as he passed. Now, even this was more than any man had ever seen. Moses' own commentary uh, of uh, being in the, the, the glorious presence of God in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 21 says, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I, I exceedingly fear and quake. I mean, this, this affected Moses. When Moses spent time in the presence of God, 
He actually glowed with, the, with, a, with an after, uh, afterburning of, of that, that glory. Exodus chapter 34, verse 30. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. So that's why he had to put a veil on when he came to, to, to speak to the people because of the, the, the afterburning of God's glory of the, just in, in God's presence. Later, when God inhabited the completed temple, God's Shekinah glory was so thick that the priests couldn't take the intensity of it. To, they had to, to leave the temple. They were trying to serve and worship God. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 11, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. A common reaction to be being exposed to God's presence and His glory is the loss of bodily function for a normal human being. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse number 4, Then brought He me the way of the north gate before the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And Ezekiel says, I fell on my face. That's common. When you see somebody in the presence of God at Jesus' resurrection, <coughs> the, the soldiers fell down at the tomb, incapacitated, the Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 3. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Just gave out right there. Strong soldiers couldn't move in God's glory in his presence. Even the beloved disciple, John, who knew and he loved Jesus, he was familiar with Jesus here on earth. When he saw the Savior in Revelation chapter 1, verse number 17, he just gave out. The Bible says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his hand, his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. Any sinful flesh coming in contact with the thrice holy God, would of course be struck with, with fear. Compliments to the conscience that God designed us with. Note the scene of ungenerated sinners in the presence of the Almighty, the righteous one in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw the dead, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Why? Because of the fear and the terror of facing a holy God that would look right through you. It's no wonder that the shepherds, struck with fear and dread, they had to be calmed, first of all, when the angel met them in his, uh, his introduction. Fear not, because of the powerful display accompanied with God's glory. So he says, fear not, don't worry, be at ease. God is not here to condemn. He's not here to judge. He's here to redeem. Not here to condemn, but to extend mercy. See, this is not judgment day, but it's the announcement of the Savior's arriving to save Mankind to pardon men, to extend his mercy, his grace, his reconciliation, his salvation to the world, to offer heaven. And so it wasn't something to be feared. So the thing that he said, first of all, he said, fear not. And then he's, he talks about the good tidings. 
So it, it, he's saying it's, it's not what you fear. This is good news. Good tidings of great joy. This is the best news that you will ever hear. Now think of it. What's greater? What could be greater? What could be greater than this? Being an orphan and being adopted into a family? That's wonderful. That's, that's tremendous. If you're dying some, some way of some situation, drowning, or you're uh, in trouble with, uh, with uh, uh, facing death and you're saved from physical death, well, that's, that's wonderful. How about being rescued from being cast away? How about a change of fortune where you were a poor person and then you uh, somehow uh, got into a situation where you had great riches? How about inheriting a rich uncle's fortune now that's that's a wonderful wonderful uh, uh, situation to change. How about winning the lotto? Nowadays the lotto gets into the not just the millions, but but the the multi millions of of dollars. What about being healed from some some kind of a terminal disease? Now would that be good fortune? Would that be uh, uh, good tidings? Absolutely. It's noted that some of the richest people on earth have stated with their lips, all the fortune that I have for one more year, for one more month, for one more week, for one more day. But you know, if you're healed from some terminal disease, wonderful, all of these are tremendous and tremendous changes of fortune, of destinations, of reprieves. But anything here in this temporary, finite existence, you see, because you could be saved from, let's say you've had a, a, a heart transplant, you're going to be dying because your, your heart was given out, and, you, and you, you're the recipient of a new heart, and then tomorrow you die of cancer or stroke or you choke on a piece of ham that you ate at Christmas time. How about, how about this? You know, we're talking about good, good tidings, you know, something that's, I mean, the, the best, folks, the best that you can hear, any kind of a change of fortune here doesn't even hold a candle to what was offered by God to men. How about eternal life? How about that for some good tidings? How about a divine <coughs> inheritance? How about pardon? Something that you and I don't deserve. How about forgiveness from God? How about adoption into the family of God? Eternal heaven and an everlasting kingdom. Now, that's blessing beyond all blessings. And that's good tidings. That's what the angel was announcing to mankind. This is good tidings, which shall be... It, it will, will uh, bring about great joy, and it's unto all people. So he says, fear not. Good tidings. And when he said to all people, in verse number 10 of our text, great joy which shall be to all people, he's saying nobody is left out. Nobody. Everybody can take advantage of this. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been or, or your condition today. 
Nobody is eliminated from this offer. The angel said this is to all people. You see, folks, every person alive can be pardoned. The worst sinner, the most despicable sinner, the, the most wicked, evil soul who ever lived can be forgiven and has, have his slate wiped clean. He could be pardoned. Even the Grinch. <laughs> Even some of you Grinches. <laughs> You know what this means? This means you and me can take advantage of this. This means everybody. Everybody. Sure, God is a God of forgiveness that has offered his grace to others, but uh, preacher, my sin, you don't know what I've been through. And you don't know the experience. You don't know down deep inside. You don't know who I am. But God does. And this offer is to you, pal. This offer is to everybody alive, to all people. Yeah, but preacher, you, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've done. I know what I've done, and I know where I've been, and I know I'm not redeemable. No, no, that's not what God said. See, this is to you, and this is to me. This is to all people. This is great joy that's good tidings to all people. Paul was the greatest of all sinners, and if God has extended his salvation to others, he'll do it for you too. Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he said, of whom I am chief. I'm the greatest. At least that's the way he felt. You know what? That's the way you might feel also. You know what? To the greatest of all sinners, salvation is available. This is available to all people. That means you too. And, and the angel said this. Because it's the announcement of a Savior. Verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. That's a deliverer. That's one who saves. One who rescues. A liberator. A redeemer. A true hero. One who saves. But saves from what? saves from sin. And by the way, friend, to qualify for this gift, you must be a sinner. You see, if you're not a sinner, then you don't need a savior, do you? But if you're a sinner, if you've failed, if you've not made it, if you've, you've broken God's commandments, if you're a transgressor, then this is to you, but you must be a sinner. You must be in need. As Jesus said, you've got to be sick to seek a doctor. If you don't think you're sick, you're not going to be going to the doctor. If you, don't, if you think you're good enough, then you cannot be saved. Sorry. You've got, to be, you've got to come as a sinner. Because Jesus is the Savior to save us from our sins. You cannot be saved if you're not in need of a Savior. So the angel said, fear not. He talked about good tidings and it's to all people and it's the Savior. And he, and he identifies who it is. It's the Savior, Christ the Lord, in verse number 11. The, see, the Savior, the servant, the sacrifice, this one who was coming to save us from our sins, the substitutionary atonement, an Old Testament picture, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. He's the Christ. He is the Almighty. He is God incarnate. Wow. 
to understand that he is the Almighty. He's the creator, the one who created, who's flung the stars out into the universe. He's the one who is coming to be the Savior. He's Christ the Lord. But look what he says then, the last thing that the angel tells us. Verse number 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, a sign is something that's unique. A sign is something that's not normal. You wouldn't, it, it's something that would indicate, it, was a, it would be a flag, a, 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 something to draw attention. But see, babies are born all the time. And poor babies are born all the time. Probably many, many, many poor babies born even that day in a situation like this in a place that wasn't clean or wasn't a hospital situation and wasn't in a palace, a baby being born. But this is a sign. It's that the God of all gods, the creator, the almighty, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, God would present himself as a babe, humble, lowly. Now that's unique. That's different. You see, we talked about when God's glory comes and how, how it's so, so impacting and it, it, is, it is so uh, uh, intense for God, the God of the universe, to visit man. It would, it would blow us away. But you know what? It, he came as a babe. Lowly, small, weak, frail. And you know that means? Sympathetic. He walked in this life like you and I walk in this life. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He knows what it's like. You know the, the grief that you're facing right now for something that you might think nobody, nobody knows. Nobody else knows. As the song, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Uh, nobody but Jesus. Because he came to experience life as a, a human. And that means he's sympathetic. He's not like, as the Bible says, uh, other priests that uh, don't have feelings of infirmities, but it was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He understands. See, the God of all the universe could be taken in and understood and grasped because he came as a baby. He came as a person to communicate with us as a man with a man. I can understand that. I can hear that. I can associate with that. And you can too. Folks, there's some great news that we've got here today. And that is the Savior, the Almighty, came to live here on earth as a baby. The God of all the universe could be understood and grasped and comprehended in this form. You can understand him now. You can receive him today. See, this salvation is for you and for me. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a great day. 
for the Lord to come down and to, to dwell on earth, to present himself. Thus the, the uh, angel says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Every head bowed. Don't be looking for just a moment. <clears throat>